What is up, Asymmetry? How you all doing? Oh my goodness, I've waited a long time for this. I, I didn't even know what I was actually waiting for. I had no idea what to expect when David DeGroot reached out and said that Lauren Derieu, the creator and the conceptual mind behind the cosmic bonsai Burton approach to this otherworldly form of tree that we have just begun to start seeing and have been fortunate enough to receive Lauren's thoughts through his part one and part two publications of Cosmic Bonsai and his approach to this incredible art form. I was so excited because I've been following Lauren from the very first time he started publishing his illustrations on the internet back in the early 2000s as I was apprenticing in Japan. And I've watched his evolution to the point of seeing his display of one of his really innovative tanukis at Saliu in France, followed by the display of his very highly discussed Chinese elm at the trophy back in 2019. And the conversation that the three of us had about bonsai was something that I've been seeking, wanting, and needing for a very long time. And I think you're going to enjoy it too. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Lorin and Dave DeGroot. Was this your first time here? Yeah, I've been in LA when I was 25, but I get drunk for one week, so oh. it doesn't count. Oh my God. You don't remember much of it anyways. <laughs> Nothing. Wow. The beach, maybe. Mm. <laughs> Could have been anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> LA beaches are forgettable. So technically it's my first time, yeah. And I've done, I've been like to eight states, nine states. How long have you been here? I arrived the 12th of September. Oh my God. Yeah. You've been here over a month. A month and a half. Holy shit. Yeah. And what do you think? What, where all have you been? Uh, I started in Florida. So I start from the south, close to Miami, Fort Myers. Mm -hmm. Then I've been to Tampa. Then I've been Orlando. Then I get back to Cap Coral. Then I moved to New England. Then Rhode Island, Connecticut. Go back to New England Nursery and then New Orleans. And then LA and now Portland. Wow. Were you in, oh, were you in Texas? Portland. Did you say you were in Texas? No, just to make a stop. Oh. But it doesn't count. I didn't get out to see the city. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. And uh, what's your uh, general impression of the I United mean, States? Compared to Europe, and this, you know, just about bon talking about bonsai, they are very open-minded. Okay, Europe, you know, they just want to burn me like Joanne of Arc. So it's pretty complicated to do bonsai for me in Europe. In America, they are very welcoming. Mm. So I can practice the bonsai I want. So it's very cool. Yeah. And of course, there's a lot of things to discover. But as I'm working all the time, I... I don't have time. Yeah, of course. <laughs> to yeah. do tourism. So I just work all day. Yeah. American art workers, this I can tell you. Yeah. They're working all the time. Yeah. Nothing to do with France. <laughs> huh. This is different. This is different. Except when he got here. Then he doesn't have anything to do. Yeah. This is the first time I have been half. Like this <laughs> past two days. Yeah. Oh, good. We just go to this is museum his, and Pacific his, Museum. His good. Dan R &R. Robinson. This is his R&R &R from his trip. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. A month and a half in, you get a day off. That sounds about right. That's the life of a bonsai professional. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know it. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, From a plane to another, a yeah. car to another. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's an amazing job. We can complain. You know, it's the best job on earth. So you work on trees every day. Yeah, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Yeah, I realized over the course of time, the exchange of energy. It's was, exhausting. Yeah. It's too exhausting. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you go to the hotel, you just sleep. Yeah. 
uh, and sure. you wake up and you do the same things all the time. So yeah. you're happy to get home. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be happy to be home. Yeah. When do you go home? 25 of October. Okay. Yeah, next, so, next few days. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Good. So I have doing one more workshop in LA with Julian Sai and uh, uh-huh. it's kind of rendezvous, but I don't know what it is. It's kind of convention or workshop. I don't know. I just follow the, follow the wave. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, have you historically traveled a lot to do bonsai? Yeah, a lot. Uh, all Asia, Taiwan, Philippines, Japan, Malaysia, Indonesia, mm-hmm. most Asia. That's my first time in another continent except Asia. Yeah, interesting. I worked a lot in Europe, Italy, Spain, Switzerland, Germany. Yeah. But it's my continent, so it's different. Yeah, of course. I feel home there. And do you speak Italian? No, of course not. Okay. I understand it because I speak Spanish and English. Is that rude? So that I, I mixed asked everything you? and I can understand the conversation, uh-huh. but I can speak with them. Yeah. Uh, I okay. use the English all the time. All right. I didn't want, I wasn't trying to be rude. I know, I know there's like a whole language thing there. <laughs> like, how dare you ask me if I speak Italian? <laughs> you speak Italian? No. Uh, no, speak I speak Japanese. That's Japanese. it. Yeah. Japanese uh, and English. Japanese and English. Right? Yeah. It's more than enough. That's all I needed so far. The problem with English is that as long as you know how to speak English, you stop learning other language. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because everybody speaks English. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that wasn't the case in Japan, so mm. I had to yeah, yeah. <laughs> buckle down on that one. I guess so. You had hard time there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was good. It was hard times to be, you know, to be expected when you ask for that uh, kind of intensity, though. You know. So, well, I, I see your interview on a Time Post. Oh, the New Yorker. New Yorker, yeah. Uh-huh. And it was pretty impressive because people don't don't realize how hard it is to be a student in Japan. Right. And uh, you, you you had a hard time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think people don't talk about it, you know, and I, and also I think Mr. Kimura, you know, at the, being at the top of the bonsai world, you know, he got there because he, he is a very intense individual and successful people are, are intense and dedicated. So that's what comes with the territory of performing at that level, which was the level that I wanted to learn Mm -hmm. and perform at. I think people probably misunderstood that article as if I was complaining about it. I wouldn't change a thing. Mm. I, 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 and, and yeah, no, if you have to do it again, you will do it again. I would yeah. do it again and I wouldn't ask for it to be any different. And I think the problem with the, the challenge with that article is that was somebody else's interpretation, interpretation of, yeah. of five years of conversation yeah, yeah. and they necked it down to the most, yeah, uh, I would say, sensational yeah, topic, yeah. which is the rigor of the whole thing. But there mm-hmm. was a whole other discussion of, you know, how much how much value I got mm-hmm. out of it that isn't there. But it's like there's there's this like notion of this unspeakable nature of an mm. apprenticeship and it's like why 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 can't you talk about that yeah, what's like the what's the big secret you know yeah. i don't understand yeah. so there was a lot of fallout from that article of people criticizing me you shouldn't be saying this you can't say that stuff and i just that actually made me feel more interested in talking about it yeah. but talking about it in a way that I had control of, yeah. of how it was represented mm-hmm. because I didn't have control. Especially so. how, how they can know what you lived because you're the only one lived it. Only one. So. Yeah. So that was an interpretation. Yeah. I think the editing, honestly, I think once it got to the editing component mm-hmm. of it, I think the editor of the New Yorker is the one that really took out a lot of the positive mm-hmm. stuff and sort of focused it on this like almost abusive scenario, which, you know, in an apprenticeship in Japan, especially under a feudalistic older generation master like Mr. Kimura, who's super intense and lived a really intense life is there's, there's a, there's a boundary there that in the mm-hmm. West, if it was crossed would be called abuse. And, the, and in the East would be called, uh, you know, a strong degree of discipline. Mm-hmm. And 
again, I, it was super hard, but I didn't have a problem with it. Mm. You know, otherwise I would have left. I could have left at any time. That, and that's I didn't, it. So you, you have know? the choice. Yeah. I had the it's choice. It's because you want to stay. Sure, there. sure. And also, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question. What why, why do you think there is so many secrets in the bonsai world? There is many things we can talk about, like business. We don't talk about money in bonsai most part of the time. Right. We don't talk, don't talk about special techniques. We don't, there is many, many things, you know, yeah. that have to be secret. We all know we do it, but we can't talk about it. So why, why do you think it's that way? Yeah, because that was the way that it was set up by the Japanese as a very mm. secretive, you know, almost like trademark patented kind of endeavor. And I think that's why Japanese mm. bonsai is dying. But we are not. I, listen, I talk about it. Mm. I'm happy to talk about mm. it. I talk about it all the time. Mm. So all of the rules of you're not supposed to talk about this stuff. Uh, fuck that. I think mm. that's bullshit. Yeah, I agree. You know, like, why can't we talk about it? Why mm. wouldn't you talk about that? If if anybody is so, if it, if it is so outlandish or you're so ashamed of what you did that it's unspeakable, then maybe you should look at what you're doing. Yeah. You know, change. Yeah, Absolutely. Do something else. And, and I'm not, in talking about it, in bringing it up as a subject, it is not a complaint. It is not a criticism. That in mm. no way. To, no, it's just an advice. To objectively yeah, yeah. discuss oh, yeah. what happened, to say, listen, this was my experience. There's mm. nothing... I. I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I, if if that if there is something wrong with that, then the world is headed in the wrong direction. Because as an individual, you're allowed to talk about I think what actually, you've been through. The, the bonsai is going in the wrong direction because we can't express ourselves. I agree. And, and, you, especially and you can't Europe, talk about you know, other you people's work. In Europe, they tell you you cannot do this. You cannot say that. And sure. So I, first, I can do what I want. You know, I'm, I'm selfish. I do yeah. what I want. And uh, second, I, I say what I want and I do what I want. But why is that so, selfish? You know. Huh? No, what? because that's what they consider to be selfish because you have to respect the rules, you understand? But I respected the rules for 35 years because I do Japanese styles for 35 years. Right. But why I can't do my own way? Right. That's the question. So right. Why do European are more Japanese than the Japanese themselves? I can understand for the Japanese because they have a strong history and they have to respect their own traditions. Yeah. I got it. And especially you will never be Japanese. Whatever you do, you can, you know, you speak Japanese, you've been there for nine years and you will never have the emotions they got for their history and their country and their story. Right. Because you have to be native. Yeah. Right. Sure. So as I'm a European, I don't know why I have to adapt myself to some traditions that I don't understand. Yeah. I just get the technique from them. Thanks for them. You know, you taught me how to do bonsai very well. And I love Japanese bonsai, but I can do my bonsai my way. Yeah, absolutely. And well, it, this is the whole thing of like people saying bonsai is an art form. And then yeah, but when, you do, when you do something other than yeah. what you're supposed to, yeah. now all of a sudden that's the wrong way. It's like, but I thought you were just telling me this is an art form. An art form is an interpretation. Exactly what I'm saying. I have a different mm. interpretation mm. than that person, that person, that person, that mm. country, that. And if and, we all do the same, it's a craft, right? Totally. Yeah, that's just, we Beyond all do the same, the then it's going to be a craft forever. It's like paint but by when numbers. I start, it's, it's an art. So if it's an art, I can move it. I agree. Yeah, yeah I really agree. That's. I was really excited to talk to you. I, I mean, I read your first book, cover mm -hmm. to cover, and uh, I, had, I I have now, now your second book, which I only just was able to glance through because mm -hmm. they arrived yesterday. But, you know, when I saw your presentation at the trophy back in 2020 19, yeah. was it 2019 mm -hmm. it was just uh, just before the coffee just yeah exactly <laughs> it was really powerful i mean it, not only the quality of the what work was it was the monsanto project yeah it was the yeah. monsanto project mm -hmm. and it, it wasn't just the tree and this radical aesthetic which i've been aware of your work for long before mm -hmm. uh i saw your work at the trophy i mean i i've been aware of your work from when you were posting on the internet back in the... I uh, started in 2026. 
it makes me very anxious because, you know, you're an artist and as an artist, you don't want somebody to just cut the punch without talking to just because he pays you. Mm-hmm. You know, slowly by slowly, I started to say, hey, it's not hard. If I have to respect the rules, I'm going to be, I'm going to feel like in a factory every day, like doing the wire. As long as you know how to do bonsai, you know, it's a trick. It's like bicycle. It's like bracing. Yeah. So then I was starting to annoy, to get annoyed doing this. So I started to think, oh, I need to change the style. So I tried to look all the style already existing in nature mm-hmm. and Japanese and Chinese that have done everything. Fukinagashi, Moyogi, they define all the style already. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to get out of the rule, I say I have to grow a tree from another planet. That's how it starts. Uh-huh. Then I don't have to respect the rules because in this planet you can have three suns, two different moons, not the same degree of levitation. Gravity is different. So yeah. I can grow the trees as I want. If people tell me, this is not natural. And I'm going to say, yeah, that's the goal. Uh-huh. Then I don't have to answer them. Yeah. Did you do it out of defiance or did you just do it out of your own creative desire to explore some aesthetic? I just try to travel another planet and then I just make the branches as I think they are growing on this planet. And then I define a new kind of parts, new kind of display. Mm. And well, I consider the tree like like a piece of art. I stop considering like uh, nature I have to respect. You You know, I love it. As, as a bonsai master, the problem is that if you say that, you, you don't like nature. And it's, it's wrong. You know, as a bonsai master, you know, you have to grow them for 20 years. You have to fertilize them. They are like your babies. Yeah. So you don't have to justify about that. But I consider them like a piece of art. As long as they are growing and I can do what I want. If he doesn't like it, he will tell me. Mm. That's what I consider. So if I do something wrong, then I just stop. You know, I just take a cross on my book and I say, don't do this. And I say, yes, I have a book with yes and no, but I have more yes than no. Mm. Because I realized that you can do many, many things on the trees that people tell you forever that you cannot. You cannot do this, you cannot do that just because of the rules. Yeah. And finally, more I'm doing, more I'm practicing cosmic and more I'm realized that I can do whatever I want because yeah. the tree accepts it. Yeah. So, Interesting. Especially yeah. I never prune. I never prune, I never trim. So my tree are always growing. So they are always strong. They are never sick. I didn't use any insecticide, pesticide, fungicide for like 10 years mm-hmm. because I never cut the tips. Mm. I just grow them. I create all the time, wire and wire, wire and wire. Mm. So they're always, I never cut the roots. I just report slightly. Just two, three years before the exhibition, you have to go back to the ramification, just classic Japanese style. Mm-hmm. But I have several apex, several sashieda, yeah. many different branches. So I can do what I want, but the tree is very strong. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're, you're like uh, the European version of Dan Robinson, except for instead of stasis, you're like going towards yeah, maximum that he, performance. <laughs> <laughs> except that he let the truth going. He doesn't give a lot of, I give a lot of fertilizer. I give a lot of water. I mean, I make them very strong because my, my work is very hard to them. Yeah. I do a lot of scars and uh, so I has them a lot of energy. So I can't do the Dan Robinson way. I, I like his, his job because it's really like a nature. If you think about it, just let those things going. Yeah. One branch die, one branch die. It's what nature do. Yeah. Uh, but it's not my meaning of bonsai because my meaning of bonsai is strong trees. Yeah. I don't like to see the weak, the trees weak. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Me too. I like them to be like, uh, like monsters. Yeah. yeah. So I can do whatever I want. Yeah. When they are weak, I feel uh, guilty. Huh. Now, let me ask you something, because I seem to remember at one point seeing images of you maybe studying in China. No, I, 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 after when I get awarded with uh, Kimura, I worked for several nurseries in a private collection in Europe. And then when I started Cosmic Bonsai, I didn't have any job. 
because nobody hired me. Because then I was out of the box. I didn't part of the. I was not part of the club. So then I say, why not I try to go to work in Taiwan? So I just take my bag and I knew Lo Min Shuan on IBC, mm-hmm. and his, his job is very close to mine. Except he wants to make it natural, mm-hmm. and I want to make it unnatural. So that's just the difference. But his work is very close to mine. So I closed. I could knock at his door, thinking I'm going to work on Ficus and try to find some job in Taiwan. And he, he was just, I met him in uh, Tianwei, in the middle of Taiwan. Uh, it took me like three hours of train from, from Taipei to, to Tianwei. And he was just living to, to Mexico. And uh, he told me, it doesn't matter, I'm going to bring you to a nursery. And I met Chen Zhenyan, who is the, for me the best master I've ever seen. And he was working the junipers, like never tried to make a final product, but always breaking the branch, doing some much more live and do it for 35 years. If you have a chance to see his trees, it's amazing. He, yeah. he's, he, it's, he would be the, the, the one individual that I most want to go oh, see he's, his he's facility. A, he's a beast and uh, go fast because he's dying actually from a short cancer. Oh. So go fast to see him because really? yeah, it's, it's before his collection is going to be spread, you know, because China, Taiwan is only about money. Mm-hmm. They don't care about, you know, art or whatever. They are money makers. And I mean, everybody would know him from his fiber carving technique. Yeah, it's but, crazy. But he's got a lot it's more. more than that. Yeah. He can break a tree this size, you know, upside down and then make the live and the fibers for 35 years. And if you see these junipers, I mean, all the Japanese trees compared to these trees look like babies. Wow. Yeah, really. I mean, no they, they got monsters. Even you have monsters trees in your garden. If you think it's handmade from the start, from a cutting, you're going to amazed. Wow. You're going to amazed. Wow. Cool. Because you can't see the human work. Huh. It's amazing. So you spent time with him then, working yeah, with him? Yeah, long time, long time. But he doesn't speak English well. So sometimes I have a friend, so he can translate, so I can, mm-hmm. we can go deep in the conversation. But you know, when you, we can't communicate, you communicate just with making bonsai. Mm-hmm. So I understood everything because I'm bonsai master, but I couldn't speak deeply about where he's coming from, yeah, what he's done, course. how he came to it. You know? yeah. yeah, interesting. Wow. Yeah, this guy is amazing and very humble. Mm-hmm. You see, nobody knows him all over the world. Yeah. And you think he's top top dog? He's a monster. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm nothing compared to him. I'm really a baby. Wow. Working are... working on juniper for thirty five years, and they are better like they than they look in nature, and you can't see the human work. That's yeah, that is big amazing. challenge, right? Yeah, yeah, big challenge. How in Taiwan do they accomplish? The kind of cultivation and production. I mean, are are, are they because there is a human limitation, right, to mm. this the quantity of work that you can take on? Does he have apprentices? Does he have help? Like, yeah, yeah, this is the same uh, background in uh, Japan. Okay, they so he's a, training other bonsai yeah, professionals. A lot, a lot. They have a lot of students. They have a business part. They have a lot of landscape trees for gardens. Uh-huh. Uh, he do a lot of huge. Uh, Juniper, because you know the size of bonsai in Taiwan is bigger than yeah, in much Japan. Bigger, yeah. yeah, so they are doing a lot of business for China. Most of the tree are sold one million dollar. It's very common to just yeah. fill a container with one tree. Wow. They are doing a big business, may, maybe bigger than than Japan. Yeah, if, we, well, if they're selling for that China, price yeah. consistently, that seems but like. But the, the the one they do for exhibition for art, uh, then they are very few, because they do more business than than art. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They are really money makers. Wow. They just that's why I choose also to go to Taiwan because they don't ask me, you know, to clean 
the whole leaves to wire for hours. And I, I bend there, they give me a small tree, then a bigger and a bigger, then they knew my skill, and then they give me the, they provide me the best trees. Uh -huh. So I, after one week, I was working on masterpieces. Wow. But it's impossible in, in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to earn your earn, yeah. your, earn yeah. your keep there. You know it. <laughs> wow, that's so fascinating. Badass. Yeah. So how long were you there? How long did oh, you spend I in Taiwan? Every winter for three months, every winter, November, December, because I was a landscaper at that time. When I, I went, because I, nobody hired me in the bonsai world, then I started to be a landscaper. Mm -hmm. So I had three months of a cold season. So I, I was traveling all the time to Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So November, December, January. And in 2016, I chose to go make business in Taiwan mm. and I lost everything. Uh -huh. <laughs> I invest like 50,000 euro uh -huh. and, uh, and they are, yeah, they are, they are business makers. So I lost everything. Oh no! <laughs> I tried to buy some trees because I was working for them. So I was well paid like 100 euro uh, per hour. So it was big money every day, like 800 a day, between six to 800. Then I started to realize that they were selling all the trees. I was working a big money. So I say, why I don't buy the raw material by myself? And then I do the trees and then I sell them. Then I have all the money yeah. know, in the transfer. But then they were always selling the tree. I was working for them, but never mind. Right. <laughs> so after two years, I started to sell hey guy, that's not normal. You sell all the trees I work for you, but you never sell mine. And my goal is to have a nursery in Taiwan. So I need money for that. Yeah. So slowly, so by slowly, you know, Chinese, they are very funny. They are just looking at Lou smiling. Uh, let's go heading to the restaurant. <laughs> I say, yeah, but you didn't answer my question. Right. So slowly by slowly, you just give up. You know, you get fucked. You know, you have no contract. You have nothing wow. official. You know? so, yeah, you got. Oh, so then man. I quit, and then I started my my career in Philippines and Malaysia to get a little bit of money. I was living in Cambodia because the visa is more easy to get. For three hundred dollars, you have a visa for one year. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to quit every three three months the territory. So then I get this, so I was working in Malaysia and then I was doing like, you know, the trophy every year and I have my, my collection in a friend garden. So every year I was selling a tree like 10,000 and then I could live a complete year with this money in, in Asia. And uh, it was cool. And then I was starting to think about, I should write a book, you know, because people say bullshit in Facebook. So now you have to make it clear. Mm -hmm. It's writing a book. If the people want to contest, they have to read the book and then have to front you and say, I disagree with you with that, that, that. And you can, yeah, it's my, it's in my book. So if you disagree, come to, in front of me and talk to me. Don't mm. say bullshit on Facebook. Yeah. And then the COVID happened and I lost everything. And I've been homeless from a day to another. So I've been in my truck, like trying to survive for three years. And I say, yeah, it's the right time to write, to write your book because you have nothing else to do. I was 50 years old, nobody wants to hire me. Hmm. So I wrote my books. Then I buy my barn and I'm here because my client contacted me and said, hey, your job is very interesting. Do you want to make a tour in America? I said, of course, hmm. let's try. I was supposed to quit. I was at that point to quit the bonsai right. totally to say, okay, people don't understand me. I'm going to give up. I lose my time. Yeah. How'd you lose everything in COVID? What happened there? I was, like I say, I was an artistic life. I have $10,000 in, in an envelope. It was my treasury. And then I was winning money some, from place to another. And I was going back to Cambodia, but then they shut out the, the uh -huh. airport and I was at the trophy. So I couldn't go back to Cambodia. So I lost my motorbike, all my, all my clothes, everything. Jeez. I lose everything from a day to another. Wow, what a Then lot. my family, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, 
I'm, a, I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm uh -huh. the hardest, you know, I'm not having, I don't have a normal life. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have rent a house, you know, uh -huh. I'm not normal. I'm just, I'm just the crazy guy of the family. So they, they say like, you deserve it. We told you, you know? <laughs> so then I buy a truck and I finish homeless. Wow. And I lived three shit. years like that. And I think, okay, I'm going to write my books. And I wanted to be my own editor. I just wanted a printer. I didn't want to be, you know, someone control my, my art, you know? So I need to, to hold money for my friends. And it was pretty complicated because you are homeless. So they don't know if they're going to have the money back. <laughs> so uh -huh. I found my books and it was not successful in Europe. So, and I said, okay, now I need to buy a house. If I continue, I'm going to be under the bridge very soon. Yeah. Because you have problems with the cops every day. You know, the, the, you can stay here, you can stay there. You know, they want you to be in a place you have to pay for to put your truck. But I was poor. I was, I have nothing. Yeah. So uh, I was living in the forest and then I said, okay, I have to buy something. I called my friends again. I said, okay, I need more money. Can I owe you like 10,000? And I decided to buy the barn I bought in the middle of France to recover. But I was about living like an hermit, just breeding chickens, you know, pigeons, vegetables, huh. and getting away from, continue bonsai, but just for myself, not yeah. for money. Right, right. I was at that point and Mike Lane gave me the chance and I'm here. Jeez. And in America, everything happened. Everybody's happy. Everybody's tolerant. They love my style. That's perfect. I love it. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, America. And now, you're, now maybe you'll be working in America more. Yeah, yeah, of course. Good. I hope so. Yeah, that's good. Wow. I hope so. Jeez. But I know never, you never know what happened. You know, I know any, every plan you do, it can completely collapse from a day to another. So I'm never like enthusiast. So uh -huh. I, I'm going to work in America. But if it stops, it stops. I have no problem. I will just go back to, now I have a house. So I'm quiet because now i can go to my house anything happen i know i have a place to live yeah, yeah jeez was that stressful what just living in your truck and not yeah, having a place to be it was the hell especially writing your books you know having the cops knocking at your door every morning you know it was really the hell i lived the hell for three years yeah wow and i'm coming from a bougie family so uh. i'm not prepared you know <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're coming you were, from you were, you family, were you know, made for that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you're coming from poor family, you know, it's I don't say it's easy. It's never easy to be homeless, but you're more prepared to mm -hmm. live in the misery. But when you're coming from a bougie family, it's it's like a big jump. Did you feel so insistent about your principles of your creativity and endeavor that you didn't go ask your family for help or would they not give you help? Or I mean, how does that no, work I'm for too you? Proud. Too I'm proud. Too proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair enough. Yeah. You made the decisions you made. Yeah. Same as, the, you know, during the, all the process I've done Cosmic Bonsai, many times I say to myself, you should go to Facebook, say, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I've been, I have demons you know, for a few days. I'm going to go back to classic style and I, please hire me. Mm -hmm. I was at that point, you know, to, but many times my promptness always say, no, fuck, dumb. I, I know everything I say is right. Mm -hmm. I don't say bullshit. I, I have life proof, you know. You say, oh, it's not possible to do this in trees. Boom. Yeah. Do my, if you want to prove me that doesn't exist, you have to prove my trees in plastic. Yeah. But my tree is alive. Right. And I made it for 15 years. So now I have the proof. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to give up now. I have to prove. Yeah. Especially wow. how do you, why do you want to stop me working? And just because I do bonsai. Is that the general, is that your general feeling about the European community? Oh, yeah. Is there, is there rude, trying? I would have few fans like... 500, something like that. It doesn't feed you 500 fans, you know it. You need to, to be accepted by minimum 50% of the community. Yeah. 
So in Europe, I'm accepted by like 1% of the community. And it's even worse in my own country. Huh. France is the lowest level of bonsai, yeah. and they are believed they are the best. The Italian, you know, they have a high level. Spanish, they have high level. Uh, they can con compete to Japanese, right? Right. Do you agree or not? I do agree. Yeah, uh, I agree uh, the Spanish can, yeah. Uh, not Italian, some Italians. It's like uh, Sandro Senieri. You know, when you see, I think when you see the work in person, but I've seen all of them, all the gardens uh, directly. Yeah, my personal mm. opinion is when you see the work in person of European trees and you see the work in person of Japanese trees, mm. European trees oh, let's uh, be fine. Are, are still not quite stacking mm. up in terms of the craftsmanship. Mm. But there's an undeniable artistry that exists in Europe. And the greatest curiosity that I have about Europe is why Europe is so fixated on mimicking Japan when they have this artistry that's born into the culture I, that's completely unique answer. and independent. We have the best painters, the best sculptors, the best architect for exactly. 5,000 years. Yes. And we just talk in Japanese way and yeah, that's not weird. understandable. It's weird to me. It's and weird to me. I it's try to use, you see my story, Johan of Ark, and uh, I yeah. try to make them lost. I try to make it funny if you think about it. And I try to respect my background. I'm French. Yeah. I don't have to be, you know, how should I be guilty to be French? Yeah. Yeah. Especially Blah. like Blah. you say. Blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. No, but especially like you say, my history is rich. Rich of many things. Yep. Of walls, of castle. Yeah, churches. why would you not represent that? Like if I it, do, if I it do is, now, but no, I, I know you do. And I'm well, that's what I'm I'm saying. The question that you that I assume you would be asking is why why shun this approach when it's very authentic and we're talking about this being an art form and well, yet you know, the people that are saying this is an art form are the ones that are following sort of the traditional model mm. and abiding by the rules. And then they're sort of ostracizing the people that are branching out and pursuing it mm. as a expression and as an actual art, right? Mm. Contextual representation of the self or of a different mm. manner of thought, right? It's in it. And I, I, I really do. I struggle that with that myself. I think mm. about that a lot, which is why I was really drawn to your work when I saw it at the trophy this is what was why I was drawn to your work back in the early two mm. thousands when I was seeing it online, you know, during my apprenticeship yeah, with Mr. Kamara. To have a real tree. Sure. I knew that from the start. Yeah. You, know, you needed to have a real tree before people understand. Because yeah. this first they say, oh, it's spaghetti style. Yeah. But it's a long time process guy. Bonsai is always a long time process. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming from nowhere. You know, so I need my tree to have a huge mochi coming, you know, to be perfect. In some points, a tree is never perfect, but right. in my opinion, subjective to be like the best I can do for this moment to the exhibition. Yeah. Needs to meet your standard. Yeah. I'm very demanding. Mm -hmm. You know, most of people I see, they are not very demanding. They are hurried to go to exhibitions. Calm down, you know, yeah. Just enjoy growing your tree. Mm -hmm. That's the most important way, you know, to be happy making your job every day. So do you feel like, you know, now that you have a stable place to live and you've been through what you've been through, do you feel like the the corners of your, the edge that you had that pushed you to pursue this very defiant style of bonsai, do you feel those corners getting ground down or rounded a bit? Are you softening or do you still have the same edge after what you've experienced? No, I'm completely changed. Yeah, it changed my mind completely. Mm -hmm. Like I said, now anything happened, I'm happy to go back to my barn. Mm -hmm. I will live in my cabin forever unknown and I have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. 
I would just grow my bonsai the way I want, just breed my chicken. And my thinking is completely, it changed everything. Before I was like you, I wanted a lot of trees. I wanted to dig a lot. I wanted to make a lot of things. And now I have only 40 trees. I make a cycle. Mm -hmm. I just want to make art with every of my trees. I don't want to lose time watering everything. I don't want a big stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't want responsibilities. Yeah. I don't want, you know, to pay the salary. Uh, I don't want, I want to avoid all the stress. So I just want to focus on my trees. Mm -hmm. So I want to get money outside, come back to my barn and live six months in solitude mm -hmm. and then go to work outside to get my money, come back to my cabin. And I arrived at that point, I'm going to be 60 and 65. And then I'm going to stay in my cabin forever with my cat and my dog. Mm -hmm. That's my, my, that's my goal to stay alone. If I had one million in front of me, I just stop everything right now. Mm -hmm. I just take the plane, go back home, and I stay in my cabin forever. Yeah. It's just a question of money. Yeah. It taught me that nothing is important in life. Huh. I thought my motorbike was important. I thought I, the worst I lost is the ring of my father. She stayed in Cambodia. I couldn't get it back. And it was my worst loss, the wedding ring of my, my father, because he died in, in like f four years ago. Mm. And I realized that material is not important. Material is not important. It's important is your soul. Mm -hmm. Your soul keep you alive. So I'm my soul is doing bonsai, and I have to do it. I don't know why. It's coming from the cosmos. I have no idea, but I can explain it. Maybe something I create myself in my brain. I have no idea. It's too complicated, but I need it. It's more than a drug. It's a soul. It's something I need to do to to feel alive. Doesn't matter I make money or not. I have to make it every day. So I need to find a solution, and the only solution is to get a home. I have a home now. Anything happen, I'm happy. I have a big car in America, I get more money, cool. I don't have, cool. Everything's gonna be cool because now I accepted everything. I know the material things is not the most important. Are you a Buddhist? No, of course not. <laughs> of course <laughs> not. Very Buddhist vibe here. No. Yeah. Yeah, because I lost everything, so I know what it is. So it can get worse. Yeah. It can yeah, just yeah. be better. You feel like you feel like you've seen what the bottom looks like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah, it can get worse. The worst is die. Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm not dead, so I'm going to continue my dream, but I will not sell my soul for that. I yeah. keep my soul and I say, you don't like it, you know, fuck you. I don't care. Yeah. I, want, I will continue whatever now because I pay the price already. You made me pay the price for nothing. I just do something different. And I never say to people, don't do Japanese style, Japanese style is shit. I never say that. I, I have a big, huge respect for Japanese style and also Chinese style because I'm, I'm coming from it. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that you chose to to not just produce one book, but two books where you basically sort of lay it all out there for people. Like, uh, because there is, you know, another mindset where experiencing what you've experienced, you'd say, well, you know, yeah, the, 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 the hell with you guys. And I, I, I'm not even going to share this, but it's like quite valuable what you've shared. It's like a real deep dive into. I didn't want to lose my knowledge. That's it. I was thinking I'm homeless. If I die tomorrow, I'm, I, my knowledge is lost. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one who can talk about it. So as long as I write my book, I'm ready to die. You know, because now anybody can, if it, no, nobody read it. One day someone going to go to the library and going to read it and going to say, hi, it's very interesting. Maybe I can practice it. You know, And I knew it's going to happen one day. I don't know when, but I knew it's going to happen. So I needed to write these books to, to, to propagate my knowledge. Yeah, it was very important to me. It's more important than getting money from it. The most important thing, if done, now I feel more quiet because uh, because it, you know how it is with students. It takes a long time. First, you need to meet the good student 
and it's very rare. I met like two good students in my life, Hervé Dora and Benoit Fabrega. Right. And I'm 35 years of bonsai, two. So it's one every 15 years. Right. I, I met many others that are pretty good. They, are, they know how to do bonsai and they know how to wire properly. But artists, like, you know, they are, they are like kind of genius. I don't know how to explain that. They have, they have the feeling. Yeah. It's very rare, right? So I, know, I knew I'm not going to find another young student, teach him for 10 years, especially I was homeless. So the only way was to write a book. Hmm. And I made it. Hmm. How do you associate with those two students? You said Hervé. But however, we don't work together anymore because he, he chose, we couldn't agree with the future of, of Burton style. That's the problem. What's he the wanted, difference he between? To go, he wanted to go to the natural way. Uh-huh. And I wanted to go to unnatural way. Yeah. Because if you, if you look at his tree now, he started cosmic. And now it's just pruning. Uh -huh. So it's half cosmic and like Murata system, you know? Right. So it's not my meaning. My meaning is growing my tree all the time, go to exhibition, put it in your garden, growing again. Never, never be satisfied. Yeah. Just like the big bang of the cosmos. You know, you have the ball, original ball of energy, expanding, going back, expanding, going back. This is my, my, the idea of my cosmic trees. So growing all the time. So his idea is to stop the process. Mm -hmm. So we couldn't work together anymore. That's a pity because he's a good drawer, he's a good artist, but it's impossible to fit when you you can't collaborate. Yeah, what's the difference between Burton style and Cosmic It's bonsai? the same, it's just I need to change the, the name because I was scared about Tim Burton lawyers. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes but sense. But you see it, you see it, it right and yeah, Cosmic Bonsai yeah, and still Burton. Yeah. Yeah, still, everybody call it Burton style in Europe, uh -huh. but uh, I changed the name and it's more logic because it's talk about the space and, you know, how I grow my trees. And, right. Wow. And yeah. what about your other student? Well, I have one very special, you know, Benoit Fabrega, this is the guy who made the tree from the trophy. Nobody mm -hmm. believed it was his tree, but I, I tell you the truth, I never touched that tree. So he, he's been better. He beat my house technically and he proved me my style exists, mm -hmm. you know, because someone take it his own way and you make it better. Uh -huh. So when you do that, you know, it proves that you are a pretty good master. <laughs> right, right. You know? uh, it's pretty rude <laughs> for your ego, uh -huh. but you know, it's very interesting. So I'm, I'm, tr I'm working in collaboration with him now because compared to Avedora, that we can't work together anymore. With Benoit, we, as he's living in the Southeast, in Mediterranean uh, climate, uh -huh. I'm living in the North, so we can exchange the spaces. So it's very interesting. I get the spaces from the north. You get the spaces from the from the Mediterranean system. All leaf trees, ficus, everything. Right. So we can work in collaboration. So I don't have to choose the spaces I want to work. Huh. I don't need a greenhouse and all this kind of stuff. Wow. So I, being homeless changed all my vision of the things. Now I love to work in collaboration. Why I was more selfish before. Because I wanted to be the, at the head of the process. Right. So I love to work in collaboration. I work with less trees in my garden, like 40 is maximum to me, because I want to push them at the level of a painting, you know, like a sculpting. I want to make it perfect in my, mm -hmm. my subjective opinion. And I can work with Benoit, so we can work together. Sometimes he gets some of my trees for two years. I get, he gets some of my trees for two years. So he's continuing the cosmic style, but his way. And I continue the cosmic style my way. So it's very interesting because you have a mix of uh, different arts in the same tree. Mm -hmm. But it's impossible in Japanese way because you have to respect the rules. Mm -hmm. If the branch have to be here, the branch have to be here, whatever you do. So it's very interesting. That is interesting. And when you make decisions in this style that you're acting in, these are just completely subjective decisions that completely you're making. Completely subjective, yeah. 
How do you remove your attachment to things that you like? Attachment? What do you mean? I like this part of this tree. Are you going to keep it or are you going to alter it? Yeah, Sam. Are you, you, are, you, are you pushing your own sense of satisfaction constantly, of course, of course, challenging it? As, you yeah, said, okay. as I told you, I'm very demanding, so right. I'm never satisfied technically. But as I grow my trees all the time, my material is always expanding. It's always better. But sometimes, like in the classic bonsai, I, I need some more light inside. So I just make another layer and I have a new material for cosmic and then I have the space inside. If it's juniper, I can make uh, crazy gin uh -huh. or crazy deadwood. And uh, yeah, I can take off some branches. I do whatever I want, except my trees are always growing. So they never stop. They never fixed, never blocked the process. Hmm. So it's completely different. You are, you know, in, in Japan, you have the masters, so they buy the trees from the gardeners. So the people are propagating the, they are cultivating the, the trees mm -hmm. and the master buys some and he make it perfect. He blocked the process. And that's how it become famous in the exhibitions. In the cosmic style, you are both of them. You are the grower and the master at the same time. You, so you grow everything. That yeah, you don't try to block something. You don't try to, I used to say, Japanese bonsai is uh, subtraction. And cosmic bonsai is addition. Japanese bonsai, you have a tree, you cut all the branch, you say you don't need, then you choose the one you need to for the sashieda and the apex and everything. And uh, then you make the deadwood, cherry, neberi, angle, front, and then you decide, okay, that's perfect. Go to the pot and it's blocked like for years. And cosmic, as you grow all the time, it's never the same front. You don't have a front in cosmic bonsai. Mm. You just choose one for the exhibition because we use a background. But for me, the future of cosmic bonsai is on a column that you can turn around yeah. or a turning table because my trees have several apex. They have not triangle structure. They have low branches. They are, they are good in many places mm -hmm. because I don't try. Because if you think about it, trees that don't have a front in nature. Sure. It's just defined by the bonsai way because we have a background. I mean, is it, would you say that some of your trees have an undeniably more appealing place to look at them from of other... course if you, if you get one of my tree i take you and 10 other masters i'm sure i'm gonna have 10 different fonts 100 <laughs> percent you're gonna huh. tell me that's my favorite another one gonna tell you that's my favorite huh. because it's subjective but is it, uh, is it though i don't know that i agree with you <laughs> yeah. i don't know that i agree with that i don't think I, it's subjective i, I, can, I can i can make the test yeah. if i have the chance to to get 10 masters in my garden and i show my trees and you don't talk to each other and you just define the front from here to here and here to here. And I'm the only one who knows which front it is. And I'm sure you're going to be amazed. Hmm. I'm sure you're going to be amazed because all you have your vision of Japanese bonsai, but you all have your kind of feelings. And some people like more movement. Some people like more shy. Some people like more humble. You know, that's the way you like bonsai. You're like, you, I, and you, and you got and I see you like savage bonsai. You're like Hulk bonsai. It's the way you like your bonsai. You mm. still have some poetry, some, but what you like the most is monsters. That's just what we have. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's what I have available yeah, but I mean, to you me. Can, you could grow them. I do. I do. I mean, you could grow them everything. From I a, could. From a curse, yeah, I, you know? yeah, I could. I wouldn't be able to make a living, huh? but but I could. You yeah. know, because, because, you know, you're you're traveling. I don't travel anymore. Oh. You know, like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I didn't have the constitution as an individual to travel as much. My weak point is that I want everybody that I work with to, to, to want to be as good as they can possibly be. And that's yeah, not why everybody does bonsai. Right. I do the same. Yeah. And so, but I know a few people can, 
You can't impose that on people though. You know, that's like everybody yeah. gets to do bonsai for their own reasons. So as an instructor, if I'm trying to make yeah, them better than myself. they want to be, it's yeah. like, that's like totally counterproductive yeah. for everybody. So like, that's why, that's why I stopped traveling. And also because like you put that energy into a tree and then you move to the next place and you put an energy into the tree. Yeah, that's in bonsai, the tree's got to give it back. You got to get it back or else your well, your well of energy as a bonsai artist mm. runs dry. And I, and I started running dry, you know, yeah. and, and so then I stopped. But I have the same feeling, yeah. except I keep six months for myself. Yeah. So my balance now is that I know it's being a bonsai international master is a sucker of energy. I know it. Yeah. And I accept the fact because now I can stay six months in my home and there's no many jobs on hers that you can do that. That's good vibes. No, I totally support what you're doing. I think that's amazing. But I, for six months, like you said, I'm completely empty. Yeah. You know, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel unhappy? No, because I transmit. And as you say, like, you know, you invest a lot of energy in the trees because you're passionate. But now I give up because I know I have my energy to give in my trees, in my garden. That's why I have very few. Uh, because every time I make, I make very beautiful trees all over the world. But I try to, to explain to the guy who's taking care of it that he has to give his energy himself to the tree yeah. because I can't. Yeah. I just give one day of energy. But if he wants to make it a masterpiece, he has to do like me, but with his tree every mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. Because if I try to invest everything, like you say, I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die in a few years because I'm, it's going to suck everything from me. Yeah, so you I may not physically that, die, but you know? you'll you'll uh, you'll creatively die. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. my, then my my, my job is gonna kill me. Yeah, and my patient gonna kill me. Yeah. So I take distance with that. I learn how to take distance with that. Now people tell me, "Oh, you want to see Randy? You want?" I don't want to possess anymore. Before I wanted to get a tree from here, a tree from here, and tree. Now I'm very happy to work on my trees. Uh -huh. Only on my trees. I don't invest. I do my best on the tree that day. But I don't invest emotionally. Mm -hmm. If the tree dies, it's not my problem. It's because you didn't take care of it. I can't invest on all the trees on the planet because then I'm going to die. It's just like when you're a singer and you have to sing all over the planet. Japan this day, Paris this day. And what you see is just hostel. Hotel and motel every day. Yeah. And people think, wow, that's an incredible life. It is because you make a lot of money and you, you travel all over the world. But what do you see about the world? Nothing. Mm -hmm. You're stuck in a concert, then hotel, then plane then concept, then people don't see that. Yeah, They just see you doing some bonsai and they think it's amazing. It is amazing, but it's exhausting. Yeah, And people also don't, don't see that. Yeah. So I, I take distance with that. Have you talked with, I wish you'd stop saying so much over there. Have you <laughs> talked with Loren at all since he's landed in, in Seattle? Uh, no, we don't. We don't. We don't <laughs> you guys don't converse. Yeah, I can't, uh, I can't speak he French. He doesn't talk and, with young people. And, uh, yeah. No, we've we've talked uh, actually quite a bit, uh -huh. and uh, uh, unlike you, my awareness even of Lauren has been about two months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my exposure has been via some postings on the internet. So, but what I saw made me very enthusiastic. Yeah, when I heard that he was being invited over here. I think it was Mike Lane I talked to originally, okay. and I said, boy, you know, I would like to see if I could get him up into our area. And then as as I floated the idea, there wasn't an awareness and people weren't ready and the idea didn't get legs. Mm -hmm. And so then Doyle Sato from down in California contacted me and said, there's a couple days between programs. 
and he wants to really see Lauren, really wants to see your place. Oh. And could you take him there? And I said, oh, yes, by all means. Cool. I want to do that. And, and I can say he's a very good host. Oh, and, and, perfect. he's the best. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> so anyway, so that's what it has been. I have not seen his book and I can't wait. I'm intrigued by what he's doing. Uh-huh. So several things that have been spoken about. We we had an interesting conversation yesterday, actually. The the con- the con- <laughs> 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 Well, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the uh, conversation was essentially, when does art become craft? And that's a hard question to answer because if someone is a leather worker and they produce, or let's say a ceramist, and they produce a ceramic work, a, a bowl, let's say, and they say, this is unique. I've put a lot of thought into this. I've put a lot of creativity into this. And this is really special. And then that artist finds out that, oh, this has broad appeal. Well, I'm going to make maybe another one that's quite similar to it. Painters do this all the time. They right. do series. They, they hit upon a theme and they do series. And they're not exactly the same thing. Now, the craftsman, the leather worker or the potter, might do exactly the same thing, in which case, regardless of how much skill they employ in that process, you have to say, oh, it's reduced to craft because now they're not using intellectual creativity anymore. What they're doing is they're reproducing something. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but then there's also the question of, and this can come up with bonsai, for instance, with Japanese bonsai, we were talking a little bit about, well, because there's not a huge variety of styles or or something, where does it become craft rather than art? And so then the other element that comes into play a little bit is there are genres within art. And so, for instance, so I always tell people I like the music of the 70s and 80s, for instance, but the 1870s and the 1880s. Yeah. And so so Robert Schumann, for instance, and Franz Schubert and some of the other Germans, Mendelssohn, were producing works within a genre where there is a certain musical form and they adhered to that musical form. But within that musical form, there was real creativity exercised. And so the the question does becomes... Is this art reduced to craft or is it in fact that this is simply a genre and that people can be very creative within that genre? So I find that of interest. (laughs) So in my life, I have never been particularly talented at anything. And so what I've done, whatever it is, I've done by just trying to analyze. So for instance, when I was in music, I could not possibly physically do what my teacher was doing when I saw him. And so the way I I had to try to analyze, how does he make this work? How does he do it? If I can analyze something, maybe I can figure this out and maybe I can do it. Bonsai, I think, is kind of this is the same way or, or even art appreciation. So we were talking the other day about looking at a painting, abstract art. 
and it's uh, it's non-objective. It's mm. non-objective art. It's it's you know it's of nothing. Look at it, but but I'm looking for something to grab onto, and I'm saying, is there a sense of balance in here? Are there colors that uh, counterbalance each other, as in warm, cool colors or opposite colors? Are there is there does there seem to be a sense of depth? Are there some colors or patterns that seem to be consistently to the forefront, is there a focal point? So my mind, when I'm looking at this painting, I'm, I'm trying to say, see, what is in this painting that I can make sense of, that I can understand, and, and that can help me connect with the artist to help me understand what the artist had in mind, because mm-hmm. there's no explanation with it. <laughs> Most of them aren't even titled. Right. And so what did that artist have in mind and how can I connect with that artist and kind of understand and help me appreciate it more? Because I think we all know that the more you know about something, the more you appreciate it. The more you know, the more you can connect and and say, oh, yeah, I understand how hard that is. Mm -hmm. I I totally agree with that. I understand how unique this is. The analogy with the music and the painting is really interesting with bonsai. (laughs) Because if you consider the, the bonsai like a note, is how you make a melody. You know, some people know how to make a melody and some people don't. Doesn't matter if they know the techniques or not. You can learn to play guitar, but if you don't have any emotional things to say in your guitar, you're never going to be a good guitarist, right? <laughs> and uh, as a bonsai master, you mm-hmm. can teach the techniques and you can teach how to do subjectively a good bonsai, but you can teach the harmonic system. Mm-hmm. how, why, you know, this bunch is going to be better here and here. It's just the final product that shows you that is emotionally harmonic. That, but that's impossible to teach because everybody's own harmony inside. Yeah. And some people have feelings very fast and they are emotional. Like every artist are emotional, you know it. We are like very sensitive. And this is why we're artists, I think. And so we get the harmonic system very fast. Because everything for us is beauty. A tree, I mean, a dead rabbit, everything is beauty for us. So it's very easy. But for some people, explain the harmonic system is complicated. Yeah. It's very complicated. Because how you do that, I don't know. I don't do it technically. I just make it mm-hmm. naturally. That's, yeah. a, that's exactly what he says. So, for instance, for objective paintings, like a landscape, let's say, with something that portrays objects, I immediately respond to something by saying, oh, I want to be there. I want to be in the painting. When I see a bonsai that creates, actually creates a sense of place or a sense of, I respond to this. I can feel this, that I see, I can see this in nature. I can see this as majestic. I can see some, that, that's that emotional connection that doesn't always happen. And I think that's what you're saying. You can't just learn how to do that by rote. That's the spark of inspiration. That's the artistry that comes through. That's what comes through in this painting that makes me say, of all these paintings, this one makes me want to be there. It's a piece of music. Like I used to play when I was in the the symphony in New Orleans. I used to play occasionally in a little chamber group at Tulane University. And it was called First Monday Concerts, and it was contemporary chamber music. And the thing I always, what disappointed me so much always is that after the concert, people would come up and they would say, oh, that was so interesting. 
They never came up. I never heard a person come up and say, that was just beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, that's it's, one it's, way to do it. Somehow, you know, and, you know, so the profession musicians were really, especially at the back of the orchestra and the brass and percussion, were really irreverent people, you know. So we used to call contemporary music crazy music. You know, and and when when the the graduate students would come up with the scores, and everybody would be pouring over the score, we called it eye music because it was made to be seen, but sometimes probably didn't have any idea how this was actually going to sound. Right. But you make something that really looks good, yeah, kind of like I think you're saying you could have really good technique and do this, and it's got great technique. Does but. Will it inspire someone other than to say, oh, yeah, this is really good. I've seen a lot of these, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. And where does that kind of spark come from, uh, that little, little piece of originality, that little piece of emotion or whatever that's put in it that, that allows the artist and the viewer, the audience to, to connect, mm -hmm. you know? This is what's so interesting about you, though, is you have a staunch traditionalist approach to bonsai on your left hand, and you have a defiant <laughs> approach to bonsai on your right hand, and you are as much of a conundrum and a confusion in my mind in yeah. terms of the approach to bonsai because you can speak on both sides of that knife's edge or mm. line in the sand. And I honestly don't know what Dave DeGroote thinks about that. You know, like yeah. I've never been able to tease that out from all of our conversations. Well, you know, it's like I was at a, a Koku Futen exhibit several years ago and, and my former teacher, Mr. Mitsuya, was there and he was talking about that some Chinese artists had come over with some trees to sell. And then he said with this sort of, I don't know how to describe it, gleam in his eye or whatever, they didn't sell anything. You know, and it's like, because we don't regard that. And then I go over to China, you know, and I'm, I'm over there and they say, We had punching a thousand years before right. they had bonsai. Right. <laughs> what, are, what are they, you know, what are they going to yeah. tell us? And so there's that unwillingness to accept another genre that, that's unfamiliar. Okay. Mm. I, I'm, I cannot get comfortable with rap. <laughs> I cannot. It's not working out it's for out, you. Not working out that's for where your me. boundary not, exists. Not my, yeah. <laughs> so you know, but but uh, but that's a bias, right? That's a bias. It's a it's a bias, and so I think by being exposed to having been to China several times and seeing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Penjang, and uh, having been to Japan numerous times and having seen hundreds and hundreds of of bonsai. I can see equally both sides of that. Right, right. And I can see very much how someone simply said, those are genres, there's got to be more to it than that. Yeah. I'm going to make my genre. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something else. So 
Yeah. It's like I define beauty as something that produces emotional or intellectual satisfaction because I'm very much aware of how mathematicians mm. can call a solution beautiful. And mm -hmm. they're very sincere in calling it beautiful. Sure. You know, and how mathematics can fit into art. Yeah. And so on and so forth. So emotional or intellectual satisfaction. So and maybe this thing about, oh, that was so interesting, <laughs> that's way on one end of the scale for the intellectual satisfaction, maybe, if they were even honest. Right. But kind of not over on the other end of the scale of emotionally saying, oh, I love that. That was beautiful. I'd like to hear that again. <laughs> I don't know. And talking about mathematics is very interesting because he put the, the Fibonacci... Right. <laughs> in his book, and I've done the same in my book, and I'm mind, really yeah. shit in mathematics. But I have a, a friend of mine is a mathematician at the university, and he came to see my cosmic bonsai, and he told me, "Oh, there's a lot of god numbers in your tree, and I have no fucking idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just you make it. Just you what, see it's it because it's like melody. Yeah, because the the proportions that are suggested by mm. that sequence are what exists in nature all around us without us even recognizing it. I mean, if you throw a ball, it describes like a parabola. You it's know. reproducing all the time. <laughs> it is true. This is true in new forms of nature. Mm -hmm. The beginning of something. But then all and of a sudden, older, when then it starts decaying. to degrade... Yeah, and the random and, acts oh, of nature and, act on that perfect system, mm -hmm. what you get is okay, a yeah. dissected and destructed mm. perfect it, mathematical system. And that's when shit gets mm. interesting, because that's time. That's the, visual the, time. The conflict, mm. and, and, and I've lost the word that describes that process in the universe. Entropy. 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 Yeah. It's an, and nature it's an sits on a highly, in a highly entropic state very comfortably. Yeah. And human beings invest all of this energy to organize everything yeah. against the force of entropy. And, and the, the moment that you back. get it organized, yeah. it starts to fall Two apart again. Yeah. 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 And that's what I'm looking for in my books. Yeah. yeah. In my yeah. trees, I yeah. try to make the cow exist. Yeah. And, and, but I think it's interesting, like, as I see your trees, because your trees, although, you know, incredibly unique in their approach do still form the kind of proportions and irregularities that satisfy the brain's necessity to grab onto something yeah. as digestible interesting mm. you know beautiful mm. or proportionally able to be visually appreciated and that is really where like you've gone so far away from what everybody else is doing but there is like this, it's an inevitable, it's etched in our mind that yeah. we seek that organization as an organism we're programmed uh, deep, deep in the <laughs> strands of DNA and the, and the chain, Ooh. right? But time is more powerful than anything. Ooh. And yeah. it overrides nature's programming because the conical form of Ooh. a conifer is the perfect photosystem. The domed form of a, of a broadleaf is the perfect photosystem, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, snow, avalanche, rock, disease, insect, fire, sun, drought. And suddenly that thing is a fraction of what it was and has no, no the, to do with the, all the, the perfect yeah. photosystem shit. That's out the door. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, that, that's actually what that's where I want to get with mm. my trees is I've played around with this notion of could you randomize 
this is a little bit harder for me to do, but like, could I take my favorite tree, put it on the turntable, prescribe an action to uh, say a playing card, shuffle the deck, draw it, and whatever you draw, you have to do. Mm-hmm. That is as random as nature. Or it's cut the apex off the tree. Boom. No choices. Like Dan, Dan Robinson, we talk about it. If you look at this tree, they are very chaotic. They accept to yeah. dry a branch, yeah. accept to never report his tree, never fertilize them. Right. It's just like you accept that the tree can die like they do in nature, yeah. happen in nature. Yeah. If you go to mountains, you know, the best one you like, they are close to the death. Yeah, That's course. what you like inside yeah. of them. Because they go from the organization, perfect organization of nature to the chaos. Mm-hmm. And that's what we like. We see the keho inside of these trees, and we try to organize again. Then we come to, then we <laughs> take it and we make it we younger and more organized, and we say, "Now it's better, now right? It's now it's better." We, we, we seek yeah. a balance. I mean, because what makes things, I think, the most satisfying is if we do something that's totally predictable, it becomes boring. Hmm. If we have something that's totally unpredictable. Then it's just chaotic and but not able to be understood. Understood, but if it has some things that are chaotic and some things that are predictable, or in other words, a pattern. If there's somewhere in here a pattern, patterns allow us repetition allows us to to form in our mind patterns and we that give us satisfaction because in order there's sort of a predictability that this is. This is that maybe this branch will look like that branch or, or something like that. And there's somewhere b- between boredom and utter chaos where we find our our point of resolution, where we find our point of satisfaction. For some people, it's much more they want much more predictability to satisfaction. They want the triangle. They want the tapered trunk. They want the same branch angle. They want the pro- progressive diminution of elements as it rises and flows outward. They want all that. For other people, are very strongly into, I want this to be unpredictable. I mm. want this to set people back on their heels and so forth. But there's room for everybody in in that pH scale of, of tastes. But yeah, predictability the, is the chaos. <laughs> and it's scary for people. If I just start to burn the the house and I and I'm killing you, and just it's unpredictable. Then it's scary for humans because, mm. and typically, like you said, we want to control everything. Mm. We want to control the life. We want to control the highway. We want to control the nature. We want to control everything. That's what, how we became human by control. So we always Ooh. look to the chaos because we are attracted by the chaos because we know we are coming from it. But it's scary for us. Yeah, I see. I think we became human in the conflict of needing, you know, you go out into the into nature and you feel better, you feel relaxed, you mm-hmm. feel at peace because all the organization is lost and the sense of control to keep everything organized no longer needs to be there. You can accept the disorganization because yeah. now it's not yours, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're a part of the ecosystem as exactly. an equal. You accept to die. You don't have to need a doctor. You have a cancer. You have a cancer. Like you have you, to accept the fact. Yeah, it's, it's, it's black, white, man, woman. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, rich, poor, 
is Republican, Democrat. Yeah. It does none yeah. of that shit matters out no. there. You need to Everybody, make a fire and, and feed yourself. Listen, if you don't eat, you're gonna die. <laughs> you're gonna if die. you don't have shelter, you're gonna die. Exactly. If you if don't, you don't have fight water, with the you're gonna, you're gonna die. die. It's very simple. It. Yeah. Very simple, right? Survive. As I've done more and more projects in the wild and seen how that's sort of changed the way that I've styled bonsai and recognize that if I take a project that I do in the wild and I bring it back to this garden, it looks out of place. Mm. And if I take a tree from this garden into the wild, it looks out of place. Right. I've started to recognize that I don't necessarily know that the organization of society is a healthy thing for us. Mm. You know, like living as uh, tribal organisms in, in far more distant and less organized circumstances I do have to believe was probably the way that we were meant to to exist. And then, you know, through technology, the ability to reason, the expansion of our capacity as an organism, the continued evolution of our thought process, brain, societal construct, you know, we've really created something that ultimately is like, uh, you know, through the ability to reason, we've shot ourselves in the foot, you know, <laughs> and this is like the beauty of a tree is a tree doesn't have the capacity to kill itself. It doesn't have the capacity to make a choice that it's going to consume something that's toxic to itself. It doesn't have the ability to perform an action that would destroy its ecosystem. That's not... With Same with any animals. We are the only species exactly. on Earth that can destroy its own environment. Exactly. And, and, the and funny, we call it intelligence. And the funny... Yeah, true. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that we the three of us in this room have somehow decided that we're going to play with this medium of this tree to express all of the complexities of this really fucked up thing that's happening, which is basically I, I humans it evolving. It's insane and, to do bonsai, right? You are crazy. You maybe it's the most logical What I'm saying is maybe it's the most logical thing that we're doing and sitting inside of this very geometric box mm. talking in microphones so that people can listen to nonsensical yeah. conversations yeah. is actually the ludicrous thing to do. Maybe bonsai <laughs> It was like the most intelligent, most natural, and most obvious yeah. solution to Do it. Do you mean all the bonsai practices are crazy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't I agree. I agree. 100%. I don't know. May, maybe anybody who does. I think I've finally reached nirvana in my thought about bonsai. Maybe anybody who doesn't do bonsai is crazy. Oh. Maybe that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I agree, I, I agree also. Maybe that's what I've just come <laughs> to in this, uh, in this very uh, abstract uh incubator of thought yeah. no it oh. is fascinating though you know like uh i was really excited to talk to you because i think i'm very fortunate i was very fortunate ted madsen early on when i was in college studying bonsai you know down in california i was 18 years old and i'm working with ted madsen and he said you know There's a lot of people that do bonsai, but if you want to think about bonsai as an art form, Dan Robinson is is one of the only artists that I know. And, mm -hmm. and I said, well, I don't, you know, at that time I had a very strong opinion of Dan's work like everybody else did, like people feel about your work where I said, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. And 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 Ted was like, you don't like it. What 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 don't you like? You mm -hmm. said you like art. You said bonsai is an art. That's the only dude that's doing bonsai as an art mm. because he's doing it different than the repetitious pattern that's been that trickled right. down from Japan. And I, and I just like sat back and I thought about that and I was like, hmm, I really need to reevaluate this mm. for myself, right? And and then, you know, starting to kind of let that thought process grow and evolve and being you know, informed by Nick Lenz and being informed by Dan Robinson, and seeing Walter Paul and recognizing like. Not everybody is trying to accomplish the same thing as mm. we've already discussed. And, and 
why would everybody want to or try to accomplish the same thing? And then I, and then it always leads me to the same eventual outcome in the discussion of bonsai is why does everybody care so much about what somebody else is trying to accomplish? Why do people feel threatened by you? Why do people feel threatened by Dan Robinson? Why do people feel threatened by Walter Paul? Why do people feel threatened by bonsai Mariah or Ryan Neal? I, 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 I can't understand it. Why can't you and I sit down having different approaches and have a very cordial conversation? Yeah, because about- we know what we are talking about first. I think you have the answer in what you say. It's ignorance. If you don't have the knowledge to speak about something, then you can be on courtesy because you don't have the knowledge to have the conversation. Most of people that, that come to me and I say, what you say is bullshit, your mosaic is bullshit. They don't have one person of the knowledge I have. If you want to speak about something, then in the knowledge. Yeah. So most of people, I don't say they're stupid, but in some point they are, they, they are just ignorant. And the worst is not to be ignorant, is that, is that you want to stay ignorant for me. Yeah. That's the, if, if I don't understand something, I'm going to say, sorry, uh, I don't know. And I'm going to church and I'm going to seek the good answer. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to give the right answer. But as long as I don't know, I say, I don't know. Ignorant people, they just pretend to know something and they are more stupid. I wonder. That's why they're sweetness, because they're scared about their own ignorance. I wonder. There's something about bonsai that is, that is truly unique, and I haven't. I can't put my finger on it. I, I agree with you, but I can't. I, I also I can't necessarily agree with the fact that every person that takes that stance does not have knowledge, because that's to say, okay, well, you have a tremendous number of Spaniards that are very knowledgeable about bonsai mm. that are dogmatically, you know, seduced by the religion of Japanese bonsai. Mm. You know, and it's a religion. like religion. You have the word, it's a religion. Well, yeah, right. But you <laughs> have these religion. intelligent people mm. that are professionals that may even be innovative in their non hobby life. Mm. And yet, in this innovation, musicians, artists, graphic designers, whatever they are, and then they come and do bonsai. And now they got to put the box around this action when they mm. understand the freedom of creativity in an endeavor outside of bonsai. What is it about bonsai that causes people to constrict so much? I don't get it because in the ceramics this is the the greatest thing you know working with Jonathan Cross people say well the planting space is too small we had that which is a practical consideration there's not a lot of drainage holes it's challenging as all get out to anchor trees they're they're really heavy they're undeniably interesting aesthetically mm-hmm. right and people said well i you know i know this ceramicist or maybe you could talk with him about making it more appropriate for bonsai it's like If I tell him to make it more appropriate like bonsai, aren't I asking him to make a a bonsai pot? And if I wanted a bonsai pot, why would I be working with Jonathan Cross, right? Like, (laughs) what is it about this mentality in bonsai that we want to take everything that's interesting, wild, and out of the box and then get it to conform to this system inside of it? That, I cannot say that. But, but, but the same person can be outside of the box in their mm. profession. And then when they get to bonsai, they lock up again. And it's mm. just like, what does the, what is it about this art form that does that? And the only thing that I can think is that history, the history is not understood. That's the only thing that I can think is that the history is not understood. But you go back to the ignorance. Yeah, maybe. That's, and when, when you're educated, then you can... Like you say, you speak with courtesy. Well, because you can disagree totally. Look at me. I'm, I'm so done. then you need to write a Look book. At on, you, need to read, you need to write a book on bonsai history, and then we could really start talking about some shit. Yeah, but if we speak about the bonsai coming from China, that is the, the history that's forgotten. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, or, but I know this coming from the seventh century. The first scrolls been 
found on the tomb. Right. So we know the bonsai we know is already 1,700 years, right? right? But doesn't mean doesn't exist before. It's just what we know historically, yeah, right? Of course. So if we start at the seventh century until today, the bonsai never evolved. But you can look at pre-World War II, post-World War II Japanese bonsai. And yeah, there's but the evolution a... is small. No, 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 no. It's just the wire exists. No, the, the no, technology no. Exists. You're talking about a massive transformation. Yeah, but they're more natural and they've been more, more, more controlled. Yeah, they went. it went from being Very really, natural. really irregular and wild exactly. to post-World War II. Yeah. But this is a cultural identity oh. that's tied up into this. This is a trauma in a in a culture yeah, in a country yeah, right yeah, that's yeah, reflected it, yeah. in the art form yeah. that's then in that i agree with that in that availability to the western world mm. post-world war ii constraint and identity of being japanese and perpetuated in the art forms gained the pattern that we now refer to as traditional bonsai but that's only post-world war ii mm. pre-world war ii they were, I would say, way closer to the spirit of Penjing yeah. than they were bonsai. Yeah. Free, more free. Very free. Super free. In fact, just the, plant some trees in a rock, just let it grow. Yeah, just, radical branch, no wire, odd, no, yeah. odd branches, yeah. free form. Like wild trees with few cuts on it. Totally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And Still that, exists with the Lingnan style and, uh, and, and, and bonsai. And that happened like that. Oh. That happened over a yeah, period yeah. of, you know, 10 years, four for the war and then six for recovery that you radically transformed an art form. You look at the uh, trees that were being shipped from Japan to the U.S. in the first part of the 20th century. And the sort of what they call octopus style with mm. the many descending. Yeah, but it disappeared, for example. It's a, it's a kuri. I don't in, remember the name. In deep round mm. pots, yeah, but it was a common very... common export thing. In fact, the Lars Anderson collection in Boston from Harvard's uh, Arboretum, Harvard's Arboretum, had a number of those things that were imported by the U.S. ambassador to Japan back then, Lars Anderson, and and those have were sort of as museum pieces were sort of destroyed by people who didn't understand yeah. what they were. And then now then somebody came in and tried to put them back. And it's like, I think the real challenge of bonsai, what sets it apart is that from other arts and makes it problematic for, for many people is that number one, you can't separate the act of creating from the finished product so and because it's lot living right and, living and so so yeah but i mean so i i always tell people one of my dreams has always been that i would find books on bonsai in a library or in a bookstore under art rather than under gardening that, that that's what i would so love to do and I said, uh, my point was, you don't find books on sculpture under metalworking, right? Or books on on ceramics under mineral production, right? But somehow soil, soil or other bonsai <laughs> just falls under gardening. But part of the problem is that the fact that you must, you can't have bonsai right you can't just have a bonsai like like we can have the paintings on our walls because they're done they're uh -huh. inert right yeah. and so that makes it impossible for people who are not involved in bonsai to understand it as purely an art mm -hmm. 
And then they go back to say, well, people trim trees in the garden and they, they make topiaries. <laughs> And but they're not wrong at some point. Yeah, I mean, I, I know this person who has lots of bonsais in their garden. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, it's just impossible. So I think that's something we kind of have to live with. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can try to educate people. I think gradually it's coming into wire recognition. I think in, in the fact that you can have this business is only because enough people in this country have awakened to the concept of bonsai as art yeah. rather than yeah, yeah. bonsai as a leisure time activity. Yes. And that's the only reason you can have this business. And that's the only reason that hmm. professionals can make a living. Is yeah, it's because hard to make money with bonsai. Everybody knows it. It's yeah, where you have yeah. to fight every day. Right. But, but I want to finish the conversation. That's very important because there's the misunderstanding about the non-evolutions. I totally agree that before the Second World War and after the Second World War, the bonsai moved from a natural way, I'm going to say like that, to a very modern way that is very controlled. Mm-hmm. It's because also because of the aluminium, because of the power tool, because of the technology advanced mm-hmm. and history also. But what I mean when I say non-evolution, I mean like they try to reproduce nature. Regarding that, never evolve. You have to respect Fukinagashi, Moyogi, Netsuranari. You have to respect, and they have the same form in China. Mm-hmm. Even if it's Beijing, Punsai, you know, you, it, all of these forms are in nature. I mean, when I say n- never evolve, that you never, we never cons- consider the plant like something we can sculpt. Right. right. Never happened, right? Right. You have right. to make it look to- natural. Topiaries well, like that. The, yeah, yeah. You know, the sort like of you like said, bu- some, bubbly some animal. They were more natural before. Like Walter Paul is a very good example. He's the opposite of my style. Right. And we can speak with Scottish because we say the same things. We have to love your trees. You have to fertilize your trees. You have to grow them for years. Yeah. And as long as you love what you do, you're going to make something beautiful. Right. That's it. That's, right. the, that's the idea. But he's doing naturalistic. Let's say like the Japanese were doing like more like the Chinese before the Second World War. And then they change it to um, for the Japanese like really a control system like very perfect more perfect than nature do yeah, right? of course. but they all copy nature yeah they all make it look natural but that's what they pretend well this is where you this is where and what I'm, you're I, doing and is I truly why different you don't use the tree just like material just like something we can mold yeah well and I think what a lot of people's probably what a lot of people's response to that would be would be well then don't call it bonsai yeah, but it's a tree in a pot. Right, right. I, I, no, listen, I, I totally no, get it. Just... And and also, and also, bonsai is such a loaded term. I mean, that's a, that is a Japanese word, you know? Penjing is a loaded but term. it's coming from bonsai. It, it, sure, regardless. But, you know, bonsai is Korean. and then And then bonsai, yeah. and then penjing. And yeah. so, like, what is, what is? You know, what is? Right. I don't know. It's right. not... And I do respect the necessity to understand that if we're gonna call it bonsai, there are there are parameters about bonsai. But it's so hard to just come up with. I'm gonna call this a new name. Life culture and people. Yeah, exactly. And people are gonna know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, but and, I didn't change the bonsai. I didn't change the style. That's different. I didn't say, oh, I'm gonna make new bonsai. That's pretty rude because then you have to bonsai, move the but Isn't the word bonsai? Doesn't the word bonsai come with the context of recreation of nature in miniature? 
But that's the goal of all the bonsai way because they all have to look natural. But if right? you call it no. bonsai, no. if you're no. all the style, Fukenagashi, Moyogi, they all they're do the production natural. of nature. They're, they're not Engine. natural. They're are they're abstract. No, I mean the representation of nature. It's not nature. They don't it's even a have to do that. Of nature. Yeah, why why should they do represent. that? Hmm? They, they can be abstract. Well, I they, think it I can think, be, but I, never I, exist. I, I, right, right, exist. But I think what what but but what Lauren is saying is, listen, everybody's doing the same thing, and what I'm saying is, everybody's doing the same thing because it's being practiced under bonsai, and to call it a title, it's like, okay, I'm going to do architecture, but I'm going to I'm going to do architecture by laying out some hay. <laughs> And it's like, well, that's not architecture is like designing a building for the for, for, for the built environment, you know, or for human interaction or for some sort of, you know, harnessing of a natural space or it's an artificial impediment on the landscape that involves man. So spreading straw is not architecture. Right. So it's like, OK, well, I'm not going to recreate nature in miniature. I think what I'm saying, what I'm proposing is maybe some people would say, well, then don't call it bonsai. Yeah, but your analogy is, is you go too far. Did I go <laughs> too far? I, I, yeah, because I'm using... Yeah, but you could take that, yeah, straw, look, look, you could take that straw bale and you could no, stack listen, it on listen, top I'm of each using, other and I'm now using, it's architecture. <laughs> but when you spread it on the ground, it's not. I'm using 80% of the Japanese techniques. Yeah. 80%. Yeah. I just developed yeah. 20% yeah. of my own. So this is like... I'm just bringing up, I'm not arguing. I'm Japanese. just bringing up a point. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm just bringing up a point. I'm that the, ter arguing. the terminology oh. may be the catch. <laughs> it may be the cultural, contextual catch. I don't know. And oh. in, in this whole thing, to say, you know, to say that there's uh, an American form of bonsai or a European form of bonsai, well, there's not a Chinese form of bonsai. Oh. It has a name. It's called pinging. And there's not a Korean form of bonsai. It has a name. So what you is it bonsai or not? Yeah, I mean, it's the only way that I know to describe it. Hmm. You know, it's the only yeah, but way. Cosmic bonsai, is it bonsai or not? It's the only it's the only way that we know to describe it because yeah. yes you are still but your your objective is categorically different and yeah. I think it's hard for people to understand that you're not trying to create a tree that looks like a tree that would actually exist mm. on planet Earth you're trying to create a tree that would exist in a landscape that exists outside of outside this world of this right world. this is an otherworldly creation and this otherworldly creation comes from your version of a world that you've created you're like the tolkien of bonsai mm. you're like you're creating middle earth so i should, trees, be, I, should right? be, I should be out of the... no no i'm not saying that i'm not no, pass, just, I'm, I'm just, not passing just, i'm not passing because, any sort of judgment in, in europe I've, I've been forbidden of exhibition for six years because people never say it but i've never been selected before i was selected 100 of the time while i was doing classic yeah. Yeah, 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 cosmic. oh by a miracle, I've never been selected. So I've been forbidden for six years. Then a friend of mine helped me to go to the uh, Solio, to Bonsai yeah, Sign. Then yeah. because of Fred Channel, I, I was allowed to go to the trophy. Yeah. But if he didn't help me, yeah. I would still be stuck in my garden. Yeah. And I would be forbidden of Bonsai forever. So people say, you I should be in terrible. a museum. I think it's your, terrible. Your place is not in a Bonsai show. But I'm Bonsai master. And I'm doing Bonsai. So if I have to go to a museum, I don't do sculpture. I'm not a painter. Uh, but why wouldn't you go to a museum with your work? Because they believe I, I don't do bonsai. That's what, what they say for a long time. It was not bonsai. It was something else. Well, I would take your shit and go to a museum and 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 forget yeah, about the bonsai. Yeah, but it's a lie. You, you can't keep my bonsai, bonsai for, for years inside of the museum. Right, museum. It's you can. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, but not? it's not my place. I think my place is a bonsai <laughs> shop. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Because <laughs> no, I mean, These are all the concessions that we have to make to get through this barrier of this conversation, right? Mm. Which is a cyclical conversation. It, it goes around in circles and we can chase yeah, our yeah. tail. But it, but it is a it is a complexity. And I was super excited to talk with you about it because to date. And, and what I'm coming to understand about your approach is it's not just an aesthetic approach, but it is also a horticultural cultivation approach, which bonsai is the perfect marriage of art and science or horticulture mm, exactly. and design, right? And to see that you're using uh, an additive approach in your horticulture as opposed to a subtractive approach and the way that that has implications in the aesthetic of your trees is, is manipulating both ends of the spectrum, right? Mm. And like the... I was always Masahiko Kimura renovated traditional bonsai and modernized it yeah, and changed the art form yeah. for forever and forever. made it accessible to the Western world. And when he did that, the continual question that I've had in my mind is when is the next innovation? Because that's a very powerful thing to renovate an art form. There's Mr. Kimura is a once in three, five generation yeah, talent, right? He's a genius. He's well, a he's creative a genius. genius. Well, and so when you think about that, it's like, okay, well, that's not going to come around probably again in my lifetime, but that doesn't mean that the art stagnates until the next creative genius comes along. What are the next evolutions of this? And you have this shallow confined environment, which has a horticultural anomaly. And we use these odd soils that don't exist in any other endeavor. You know, in fact, Akadama is garbage as a soil just in the native environment. Except it's terrible, surface. right? But we need it in this aggregate form to have some kind of carbon content and nutrient holding capacity in the shallow environment that needs oxygen and water and all this shit. Right. And so like, okay, is it going to be soil? Is it going to be a technique? Is it going to be a thought process or an aesthetic? Is it going to be a system of belief mm -hmm. or a religion or, you know, and for me, it's been nutrition has revolutionized my thought process that you can change the internal content of a plant and what it externally expresses is radically different than anything I've ever mm -hmm. seen for you. And what I'm seeing from you is you took all of these art forms and your experiences in Taiwan and China and Cambodia and throughout the Pacific Rim and Asia and Japan with your European culture and you combined it and you created something that's otherworldly. And that's exactly. really, I don't think people can fully appreciate how revolutionary your particular approach is because nobody else is revolutionizing the aesthetic of bonsai on that level mm -hmm. outside of cosmic bonsai. So it's like, well, yeah, we do need to talk. We do need to mm -hmm. sit down and podcast together. <laughs> and they need to try. I really, it's very important. That's what I say to all America. You just take one cutting, you put one wire, you never cut the top, the, the tips. You just let him grow, take out the wire, put the wire again. You just do it like for three, four years, even if you don't like cosmic style, just do it and it will change your way of thinking. Yeah. It will really change your way of thinking yeah. because your tree is always double, triple the size and uh, you never trim. So your tree is always healthy and you will discover, maybe you will never like it because yeah. it's not your well, way to grow the trees. Why can't somebody try that and oh. still do, like, why can't you do it all? Yeah. Why can't you do it all, Dave? Yeah. You can. He's going to try. <laughs> He's gonna try. Boom! <laughs> well, you've seen his walk like an Egyptian Hinoki cypress. Oh, it's crazy. That thing is freaking nuts. Is, Who can this do that? This is exactly that? this. Yes. This is just grow it like an this ox. Guy, yeah, it's amazing. You. Yeah. yeah, he's got that, yeah. and then the redwood wrap. If you think about and... it, he revolutioned the bonsai world before me, because this tree is. A he's piece been of doing art. this from the beginning. That's what's stuff. so crazy. Yeah. He's been doing it from the beginning. Dave DeGroote is the silent assassin Ooh. of bonsai as an Ooh. art. He really is. Ooh. 
Oh, I Your love that I told title. Your tree, I told you, is yeah. a revolution. <laughs> Simon Assassin, come on. Your shit yeah. deserves to be more famous. I'm going to put it in the volume tree because your tree is, is amazing. Cool. Hey, I, what a pleasure, man. Yeah, yeah. thanks very Thank much. Thank you. Thanks for, I mean, coming up from LA and making the time and the journey. I know it's not close. Thank you. Mm, thank you very much. It's really a pleasure to meet you. I very much appreciate the books. Thank you. They are inspiring to me. And like I said, I was seeing your work in, in the early 2000s on the internet as I was trying to uh, endure and weather my apprenticeship. And it was, it's long been something. When I saw your tree at Saliu, which I think you sold that. It was a Tanuki, right? Yeah, I sold it. Yeah, you sold it at oh, Saliu. The, the, the Saint-Antin, yeah. Uh-huh. And, then, the, and then I saw your uh, elm at uh, the trophy and it was like, okay, this is really interesting. And then I think you and I met at the trophy when we were having dinner one night. Michael Tran was there and Tom Bender was there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think I think that might have been the beginning of things going the wrong direction for you. I think that was a tough, tough <laughs> exactly, time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The moment I failed. So now, now all just of a sudden, it all makes sense. Mm. It all it all really makes sense. You were in a tough spot at, at, at that moment when we first met. But it's nice to see you at a point where you're feeling good. Yeah, I'm happy now. Back on your feet. Yeah, that's awesome. Back on my feet. What a journey, man. Yeah, it was a long journey. Thanks for sharing with us, though. You didn't have to come and talk about that. That's yeah, really. but it's okay. It's my life. Yeah, like it's you, great. Like you said, you know, I do, totally agree with you. You you have made this apprenticeship. You, you feel like you need to talk about it. Just do it. Yeah. Because you don't have to justify yourself, you know. Yeah. If you feel like it's the right moment, just like I said, we can speak about business in bonsai. We can speak about the way we treat the tree in your garden. And we have to say the truth. You know? mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, the more that we talk about it, the more freedom there is to talk about it. The more, exactly. the more that other people will be able to discuss it. The, the, the notion that bonsai is going to evolve and grow, and I think this is why Japanese bonsai is dying. I really exactly. believe it because let's not talk about everything mm. that we do and they to hide the, everything and so it's hide everything die. and suppress everybody, mm. and then let's see how that goes for a creative endeavor that depends on mm. the continual discussion and intellectual mm. stimulation that a creative endeavor is supposed to provide and create the foundation for discussion. Let's stop all of that, mm. and then let's see what happens. It's like starving a human of oxygen. That's funny because you John, no, not John Naka, Ido Kato, he got an interview in in the 80s with Pius Noda, and he said, Europe is the future of bonsai. Hmm. It was Ah. like premonition. European bonsai, interesting, man. Uh, Westerners in general. No, but I think European bonsai is interesting. It's really uh, a fantastic, you know, it's like a cornucopia of food. Like when you go to Europe and you see all the bonsai, it's like you see the cultures, you see the styles that come from those cultures. And even this is the thing that I think I find to be so interesting too. No matter how hard a Spanish person tries to mimic Japanese bonsai, they can't do it because it's not in Japan. You feel under the pressure of those cultures. What's that? Do you feel Spanish style inside of the the trees? I think that there is, uh, when I look at Spanish bonsai, I see the elegance and the body posture of the flamenco dance. Okay. I see. That's interesting. I see a beauty and an elegance of that dress as it's moving through those human motions in the way that the Spanish handle their trees. It is so fluid and elegant and beautifully executed and very, you know, Japanese inspired. But, but again, when you look at the Italians, it's, it's rougher. It's rougher. It's a big trunk. It's a small canopy. Mm. Let's show how big our, Mm. you know, member is. Let's see the size of my. Yeah. Look at my (laughs) trunk. Look at how big my trunk is. And like the details, they don't matter so much, right? Let's just get the. Not all of them. Like I told you, Sando Senior is very refinement. 
I think Sandro is an artist. He's I think an artist. He's yeah. an artist first. He's well, a bonsai practitioner second. Yeah. Right. And but like, you can see it in his work. Absolutely. You well, can see that he's an artist first well, and a bonsai practitioner second. Because well, no matter what Sandro touches, it's going to be beautiful. He takes a I photograph, agree. it's stunning. Well, he draws an illustration, it's amazing. Well, well, he creates a bonsai tree, it's beautiful. He takes photography, it's beautiful. Yeah, he he's he's it's insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's and there and like you said. 30 years, two students that you feel are actual artists. Oh. It's like, there aren't a lot of Lorenz out there. There aren't a lot of Sandros out there. Oh. That, that's, a, that's a hard thing to find. I think oh. there are people that can appreciate when there's an artist in their presence, but I, there aren't a lot of artists, right? And that's the fundamental maybe limitation of the whole conversation to yeah, begin with. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again. I'm gonna let you go. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Always it's been appreciate great. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I very much enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, I think likewise. Very, very much. I never I, stopped doing bonsai. Oh, never ever. Where can people? <laughs> hey, where can people find you? See your stuff? Get your book? Yeah, like, you, actually, my I'm out of stock of the volume one, so you can order on the Cosmic Bonsai uh, CosmicBonsai.com. Okay. And uh, but my my site is uh, closed actually because I need to reprint the volume one. I'm going to reprint it before Christmas. Okay. And uh, if you are professional, you can contact me directly to my mail address, L-A-W-B-O-N-S-A-Y, to the number, at hotmail.com. Mm -hmm. At what? At hotmail.com. Hotmail. Hotmail.com. And uh, then if you want bigger comment, you, you just contact me yeah. and, uh, and have, give a better price for the, for yeah. the professionals. That's great. Yeah, really cool. Thank right you very on. much for the advertising. I always forget. Yeah, absolutely. No, you got to do it. <laughs> well, because uh, people are going to hear this and, and people are going to want to know. And if you don't, I did a book review like a month ago, uh, five most influential books and mm. in Cosmic Bonsai was one of them. So Thank you very I, I, much. Spoke, I spoke about that and uh, read a few of the excerpts from your volume mm. one. So I'm really excited to dig into volume two. Oh, and I forgot, I want to do an advertising also for my friend, Alexi Buras, and he's, he got a YouTube channel, is Alexi Fedu Bonsai, and I'm gonna make some courses with him mm. and uh, to teach the Cosmic Bonsai style online. Great. So it will be released the uh, end of October. Cool. So this is the first time I'm gonna teach online. I don't know if it's gonna work, but if people want to try, it's like gonna be like 20, for one hour and 30, one hour, 38 minutes, I think of video, it's like 20, 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So people work. can look at it all the time. Great, yeah. great, great. All right, I'm gonna let you go. Thank you guys. Great. Thank you very much.